welcome to Startup Out of the Box, a regular podcast about startups with Marco Silva and Vitor Domingos. On this episode, we're going to talk about uh, two things, the project, some project management uh, lessons that we're going to discuss with you guys, but also we're going to talk about uh, OKRs or objective key results in this remote first world. So the first topic is going to be, uh, as I said, about uh, project management lessons. Uh, Marco, you want to talk about this? You want to introduce the subject? Yeah, so uh, about product management or the product manager role uh, in the startup. So this role usually comes uh, in uh, startups that are a bit bigger in size, a bit older, uh, but this this position usually in the beginning uh, falls on top of the CEO. So when your startup is starting, uh, quite small, you're doing you're talking about your pre-seed or seed round before Series A, you're still trying to find product market fit. Usually the CEO is your product manager, is the one that knows uh, where the product is going, what's the product we want to build, uh, who are the clients, who are the stakeholders. Um, so he's trying to uh, guide the company, uh, guide the, the employees that he's trying to hire also on, on this vision. Mm-hmm. But once this company starts growing, uh, this is some, a role that's really important in the organization and that the CEOs should look for someone else to take over. So because like the product, the product manager has the responsibility of building what the company's vision is, what are the business uh, requirements. And he does that bridge between the customer, the engineering team, the, the business uh, representatives, the stakeholders, investors. And, and he also has to think about all the skills that are needed, uh, kind of like across functional teams that are needed to deliver this product to the world and all the way to its launch. So you think about this, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. And when you're the uh, the CEO of a startup, you already have all a lot of stuff on on your plate. You have everything on your plate. So of course, once you're a team of three or four, of course, this has to fall on the CEO, but it's something important that the CEO, like uh, like we already talked about, uh, CEOs need to start uh, delegating this to someone else. So from sales, from marketing, uh, and the product is also one of those things that the CEO needs to delegate to someone else that he trusts, that knows how to deliver and build a product. Yeah, because it might be tempting for a CEO to keep this because it's at the end it's his, his thing, baby. it's his product, yeah. it's his baby. Uh, but there are people out there that have uh, experience in how to build this in the real world, in how to understand if this is the right thing we are building, how sure. to measure that, and how to get everyone involved, aligned in that vision and team. Yeah, I do believe that uh, that's the kind of the best strategy. Uh, the point here is when should the CEOs do this uh, in the, the, the kind of their journey? If they do this too early, then they might miss some of the uh, of the goals of the product that they want to build or the product is not built as they expected, um, as they wanted uh, it to be built. And I've seen this for some startups. People sometimes have this kind of interesting idea they pitch they did they do some kind of a mvp they pitch that to a bunch of investors and then they got a lot of money and then probably the first thing that they're going to do is i'm going to hire someone to sell this i'm going to hire my technical uh co-founder or a cto or a head of engineering or whatever and then i'm going to hire someone to actually do the product management for me and i think that that might be a bit still too 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 early to do that but um, but as as you also mentioned, uh, the the current CEO has a lot of responsibilities in this place. So having this uh, delegation to someone else that is experienced on building products, and the thing is not just on, on how to build the product, how to tackle 
some kind of user needs, but also how to talk to the engineering team, right? Because you yeah. need also someone to understand the technical aspects of building something that can make the bridge between the technical team and the users at the end. Because the, the product manager, in my opinion, or, or the product owner is there to, uh, to be the voice and the eyes and the hands of the consumer, of the user that you're going to have. So he's always um, uh, towards that direction, not actually probably focus on the on the on some commercial goals that the company has. So I think that it needs to be there on the right time. Uh, but I do believe that um, I, I do agree with you that there's there's this kind of need to be to have a product uh, owner and product uh, manager within the company. Now, um, what kind of so this is kind of the kind of the first lesson that probably CEOs and companies need to learn when they do this kind of delegation probably after sales or after the technical part, but also the, the then it goes the, the project management. But on the project man or the product management side, do you have any lessons that you want to share? How how do you how do you see because you are kind of more so in, in the, the technical side, how do you see that kind of relationship with product management? Um, what kind of what, what is your main lesson or, or main tip you would give to startups that need to hire a product manager, but also that person needs to work with the technical team. So usually the product manager doesn't need to be a technical person. Uh, however, it is something that's, I think, more important nowadays that that person understands the technical background or has some technical knowledge. Uh, so it doesn't need to be a software engineer, but it needs to understand what is happening uh, behind the scenes. Uh, because nowadays products are getting more and more complex and it's important to understand how they are being built, to understand what's possible, what are the limitations out there. Um, a good product manager will also have a good report uh, to talking, and he understands the different speeches that he needs to have while speaking to engineering or speaking to investors or speaking to the clients. They will have a, a different way to talk to each one of them. So you need to understand how to separate the, that speech, uh, the ideas, the concepts, because yeah, he will understand the why the product exists. And, of, and then of course, we're talking about the management side, he has to understand how to get that product uh, outside yeah. in the world. So he has to understand about timelines, he has to understand about the limitations uh, in the teams or what is happening with, with sales, with marketing. So he has to be able to juggle all, all that notion of what is affecting his product uh, well, in the full scope, so yeah. and it's and it's a, it's a difficult task, um, mainly because it is a people's task, and when you're talking about people and dealing with people, yeah, you know, it's always the the most difficult. Always complicated. Part. Yes, it is. It's not about technology. Yeah, the it's always part, about people. Yeah, the technical part is easy, and in most startups, the the problem is really when people get involved. Exactly, <laughs> right. Um, and that's kind of the, the first topic that we had for today, kind of uh, product management uh, lessons that we could uh, give uh, uh, to our audience that is watching and uh, listening to us on, on podcast and also on video. On the second topic, um, I want to bring this kind of the OKR um, uh, metric. We already discussed this in some sort of previous episodes, kind of um, briefly about uh, OKRs versus KPIs. But I do believe that OKRs, so for people that don't know what OKRs is, it's Objective Key Results or Objectives Key Results. So uh, usually you define um, uh, a company 
kind of uh, wide uh, objective. And then you fill it with, uh, I don't know, between three and five key results that you need to hit. And those results are uh, not just for the technical teams, but pretty much for everyone to tackle that objective. So it's not just one objective per person or one objective per team, but actually it's company-wide objectives. And then you have individual or team um, uh, contribution on the key results. And then um, you 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 have um, you 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 build this from the C level, but then you bring it along with the with the engineering teams, with the product teams, with the sales teams. Everyone needs to pitch pitch in. And and the thing is, um, the key results are often put by the teams that need to hit those objectives. So on the C level, you define an objective. And then you have the individual and teams pitching in their, their, their key results that they think that they need to have to achieve the, that objective. So this brings, in my opinion, some more transparency to the whole, um, uh, to the goals within the company, because everyone knows what kind of objective they are trying to hit, which is uh, aligned with the business. And then they know their individual key results that they need to provide to hit those uh, objectives. And then as a, uh, as a transparency tool for the company, everyone knows where where we are, how to measure progress, how to measure actually um, um, this guy is achieving these goals. So OKRs, and, and, and as I said, we, we, we did this comparison a few episodes back about OKRs versus KPIs. But right now OKRs, because we were working in a remote first world, right? Everyone is working from home. No one is using, you know, no one is using the office or we are going to the office. Uh, um, uh, uh, less often so which means that people need to be measured they need to be we need to measure productivity because people are at home and I think that um, if if you're running a startup and you're doing micromanagement then stop you're doing it all wrong it's not gonna work but if you're gonna go with KPIs or other kind of metrics that might be an issue so I think that OKRs if put uh, if well developed and well explained to everyone and, and um, it's not just a transparency tool, but also a good way to measure productivity in uh, this kind of remote first world. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that OKRs is, is kind of the best tool right now for people to use in this kind of new world? I think the concept around OKRs, yes. Uh, what OKRs try to, build, uh, what try to bring you and your team, I think it's important for people to understand. Uh, but also, first of all, understand it's a framework. You don't have to use everything that there is about there about, about OKRs. You have to understand your environment, your team, how you work, and extract what makes sense out of that framework for your team. Uh, I've seen already uh, places that try to implement OKRs, kind of just follow the rule of book, kind of like the, book, the, the Google book as a Bible. And they're, after a couple of months, that was too much for them. And they dropped it because that's something like it was, they tried to implement the entire framework uh, and not understand what worked for them. So that's kind of like an important thing to, to start with. Uh, but yeah, the, the big concept is uh, shared objectives uh, with the teams, uh, the high-level objectives or the objectives per team. And then individually on the more technical side or the implementation side, the teams will know, okay, what exactly do we need to do in concrete to achieve these objectives? Because that's the level now the business will give you like these are the uh, objectives we want to we want to uh, we want to achieve uh, these are like the the key results we would like to see for example uh 50 we need to have a 50 increase a 50 percent increase on signups or uh the error rate has to be below x amount so it's not that you can 
measure. It's not a high level or hypothetical number that doesn't have a measure. No, no, it's something that you can see like if it goes through this threshold, your, your OKRs are not working, so you need to decrease that. And from there, the teams can think about, okay, what exactly do we need to do and how to get there? Exactly. Um, in this remote world, uh, it is a good way of working because teams are mostly working in an asynchronous, asynchronous way. Mm -hmm. uh, so they need to understand, okay, what is my team's objective? Uh, I know this is what we are working on this week, but I understand like the big picture and I can plan what I need to do next or think about things that the team can uh, can do to, to get to this objective in an asynchronous way without having to talk then to a superior, they then need to talk to then to another manager, that then need to talk to a VP to approve that decision. Like now that like you mentioned, micromanagement doesn't work. Nope. Especially in a world nowadays that uh, people can jump easily uh, between companies. Because if most companies are remote, then we don't have that limitation of okay, I need to go to an office because I live in this area, so I need to find companies in my area because I don't want to travel like I don't want to commute for an hour or two hours. So it's painful to move companies nowadays as well. I'm already working from home. I don't like this environment, this micromanagement or this pressure or what's happening. So I'm going to look for a company that provides me a different environment. Exactly. Uh, and it's not, so, it's not, yeah. it's, sorry, it's not, not, not only just that. It's uh, because uh, I think that we both are uh, living uh, in, well, we're both working in, in kind of remotely for the past uh, few years. Uh, we already know how to experience that even on managing teams. But also, I think that startups feel... It's it's, a, it's also... The, the OKRs is not just the metric that C-level, the C-level, the stakeholders or whatever, just put there to measure the productivity. But it also it should be incorporated within, within the company culture. Because if, you, if you're going to go on um, kind of micromanaging or using any kind of other metric, then you kind of miss the whole objective of, of the remote kind of first world thing because you if because you just said you you're working in, in a kind of a more asynchronous way so you're not actually there to deliver a specific thing well unless you do support that's a different and you need to pick up on tickets but if you actually need to deliver something and you need to build something right now everyone because they're working from home they can do it at the best time some people they have um, responsibilities towards family kids and other stuff and they prefer to do that outside probably of business hours because they are more quiet because they are more focused then so it's just a matter of if you define the objective for everyone then people can understand that and they can actually pitch in and deliver the best results they can have to achieve those objectives i think that if people have this embrace this into their company culture it could be even uh, even more pleasant and more attractive for people to work in uh, remote uh, first companies yeah. Good. yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and uh, one important thing is like those metrics need to be, uh, like we mentioned already, like they need to be focused on the product in, in they need to be focused in value that you are delivering, that the company is delivering. And please don't put metrics as stuff like number of lines coded, number of PDFs yeah. generated for marketing, number of commits or tickets resolved. Those are not real metrics, and those can be played and tricked quite easily. Like any engineer can figure out a way to make his ticket number look amazing, and in reality, his productivity is one of the lowest in the company. So, <laughs> use uh, metrics that look at the value provided to the company uh, and to the client, and not vanity stuff like, like I said, like number of lines of code done or things like that. Exactly, and then check them regularly, transmit that to the company, and adapt as long as you need. Mm-hmm.
Perfect. Um, and uh, well, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Uh, we are back again on this kind of uh, regular thing. I hope uh, we've been kind of one week off. But we're going to return with this episode uh, again, probably by the end of this week for uh, to prepare for the next week. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching us and uh, see you next time. Thank you.